Hello, this is Michael Fanning, and I'm the host of the Windermere Coaching Minute. This is our quick form podcast where we'll talk to Windermere agents who bring creative ideas, power strategies, and successful routines to light. In each episode, we'll talk to real estate professionals to learn what they have done that have allowed them to be better than they were yesterday. Please enjoy our podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning, and I'm the host of the Windermere Coaching Minute. And this is our podcast where we like to give you tips and tricks that either come from real estate agents that are doing some pretty amazing things that are giving great client service or directly from our coaches. And today, uh, you just get me. Uh, But today, I want to talk specifically about the power of words and the power of what we choose to say. And are you aware of the words that you use and how you communicate? And here's my question for all of you. Are you communicating effectively? And so when we teach uh, our ninja installation or when we do our coaching, uh, we always want to listen carefully to how people say things, because sometimes we can give some direction and some helpful insight and strategies on maybe there's some words you could use differently that would put you in a different light with your clients, make you possibly more professional, uh, maybe change the way you think about yourself, maybe change the way that you have others think about you. And also just uh, to give a different perspective to somebody when you're speaking to them uh, and not causing them to do something you don't want them to do. And so I'm going to go through these words with you and I'll just give you examples. And I want you maybe <clears throat> if you're listening to this podcast, you might want to write these down. Um, because I think that uh, you'll find that you, all of us use some of these words and say these things without even knowing it. I'm, I'm at fault. I do it as well. And I have to catch myself. So, um, I just want to go through these and, uh, I'll give you, give you reasons why we like to change the words and what the the science is behind it. And, uh, we'll go from there. So let's just jump into this. So let's start off with the first one. And this is in our industry, unfortunately, and it makes me absolutely crazy, it's one of my pet peeves, um, and I hear it all the time, and I wish people would stop saying it, but for some reason, it's just ingrained in us because we've said it forever, but the word is deal. Uh, you know, I'm working a deal. I'm closing a deal. I have a deal. You know, deal is such a salesy word, and when I hear the word deal, um, I don't think professionalism. I don't. You don't hear a heart surgeon say, I'm working a heart surgery deal, um, you know, and I hope it goes well. Um, You know, what we do in real estate is we do transactions. What's happening is a transaction between a buyer and a seller where they're negotiating a transaction that's successful in the event that a seller sells a house and a buyer buys a house. And you are the facilitator of that transaction. You are not working a deal. I wish we would stop saying it, but we say it all the time. So catch yourself and, and change your words and use the word transaction. Okay, the next one. Uh, This one I see a lot in advertising. Uh, It's all over the place. You hear it all the time. In fact, I even have, uh, I I do the Growth Day app and I actually hear Brendan Bouchard say this on this Growth Day app. And actually, I wish I could just reach out to him and say, Brendan, stop doing this. But um, they always offer up stuff for free. And what I think about is that, you know, 
he spends a lot of time and energy putting together content and it's not free. Uh, the thing that you own that you can't get any more of that's the most precious thing you own is time. And whenever there's something that I've got to put together that creates value, it takes time. And so if we stop using the word free and instead use the word complimentary, this is complimentary. Uh, this is a complimentary program we're providing to our clients. This is a complimentary shredding event. This is a complimentary photos with Santa. This is a complimentary, whatever it happens to be, use the word complimentary because complimentary means that it still has value. Uh, it still took me time to put it together and I'm offering it up to you, right? That's a big one. Okay, the next one, here we go. <clears throat> this one uh, I hear all the time. And uh, this is going back to working on our, our reticular activator and our non-conscious mind. Remember our, your non-conscious mind, the attributes, it believes what it's told repeatedly and it cannot decipher between what is real and what is vividly imagined. But this is something we say repeatedly all the time. And we say this word, we say past client. Folks, you do not have past clients. In this business, in real estate, you have a client or an active client. You do not have a past client. So if I worked with you and transacted with you, say three years ago, I'm not your past client. I'm still your client because I have the ability every single year, right, to provide you with a referral. Therefore, I am active. I'm, I'm either active or I'm a client of yours. So you're going to engage with me in the present moment. When we use the word past in front of the word client, we are putting that client in the past in our mind. And therefore, they are not in the forefront of our mind. We do not have top of mind awareness and we forget about them. Stop saying past client. All right. Okay. The next word. The next one here is uh, you're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. And, you know, a lot of people like to say that. And instead of saying you're wrong, because that's aggressive in nature, and it will automatically cause somebody to put their hackles up and then want to fight back. Instead, why don't you say this? What do you see that I don't see? Because the challenge is we all have our own perspectives, right? And you may think somebody's wrong, but that is their perspective, not yours. And so they're seeing something very differently than you are. So simply ask the question, what do you see that I don't see? And you'll be amazed at the way this will engage individuals in conversation. It'll, it'll diffuse any aggressiveness and it will cause them to have more of an in-depth talk with you about maybe a debate, if you will, uh, of seeing. And here's what thing I will tell you. Everybody knows something that you don't know. So keep that in mind. Okay, the next, the next two words, these are two words that I hear a lot. If you're new to something, it doesn't even mean if you're new to business or new to real estate, you could be new to anything. Um, and we hear this a lot. So let's say that I approach you and uh, you introduce yourself and you've just gotten your real estate license. And I say, to you, well, how long have you been doing real estate? And you say, just, I just got started. As soon as you use the word just, in your own mind, you are minimizing yourself and you're minimizing yourself to me. And I hear somebody who is not confident. Remove the word just from your vocabulary when you're explaining yourself. So how long have you been in the business? I've been in the business six months and I can't wait to hit the year mark. Take the word just out. The other word that we hear a lot that minimizes you is the word only. I've only done one transaction. I've only done this. And the, the challenge there is, again, it's, it's projecting a, a lack of confidence. So take the word only out of your vocabulary. Uh, 
I've done a transaction. I can't wait to do my second. I want you to think about that. So just and only are pretty powerful. Here's the other one that I want you to think about. When you're communicating with your clients, um, the challenge in our industry is not you. The challenge is the marketplace. The market sets the price. The market sets the dynamics. The market sets uh, the situations that we run into. It's not you. And here's the problem that we make as real estate agents. We put ourselves in front of the market. So an example, I say to you, hey, what do you think my house is worth? And what we say is, well, I believe it is. Well, as soon as you say I, you are now owning that decision. You are owning that scenario. And if you're wrong, or I think this, and it's not what I want to hear, I will go find somebody who thinks differently than you. So when somebody says, well, what is my house worth? What is my house worth? Uh, you would reply by saying, well, that's a great question. You know, I don't set the prices. The industry or the market, we should say, the market sets the price and the market price is based on what a seller is willing to sell for and what a buyer is willing to pay. And my job as your trusted real estate advisor is to help you analyze the data and typically, the market will give us a range, and we need to see if that range is going to work for you. Notice nowhere in there did I say, well, I think I can get you this, or I think you can get that, or I think this is going to happen. I want you to remember that when you say I and you put yourself in that position, you are owning that decision. And if that decision goes sideways, they're going to blame you. The other one I hear a lot is a buyer will say, well, which house do you think we should buy? And you may say, well, I think you should buy this one because, well, that is not your decision to make. Instead, you might say, well, let me ask you this. When we did the piece of paper exercise and you starred the three things you can't live without and house number one, or we call it house A, has the top, the first thing you starred, which was school districts, but it doesn't have the big backyard. House number two has the big backyard, right? Uh, but does not uh, but does not have the school district. So one of them has the school district, small backyard. The other one has uh, the school district, but or doesn't have the school districts and has a big backyard. So I have to ask you this. If I had to tell you one of those homes was under contract and you couldn't uh, make an offer on it, which one would you feel worse about? Folks, you've got to give them information so that they can make a decision for themselves based on feelings. We don't tell them what we think. So take the word I know and I out of your vocabulary when you're communicating with your with your clients, okay? All right, the next one, I hear, I, in fact, I saw this one the other day on an autoresponder. It was an autoresponder to email and it said, unfortunately, I will be on break during uh, Christmas. Now, here's the challenge with the word unfortunately. Unfortunately has a negative connotation. Unfortunately means there's something bad that's going to follow when you say that. So instead of saying unfortunately, what we want you to say is as it turns out. You know, if you go to Apple, they will not use the word unfortunately. They will actually say as it turns out. I walk in there with my phone. It's got a cracked screen and it's a really old phone. They won't say unfortunately, this is a really old phone and we can't replace it. They'll say as it turns out, the good news today is you're due for an upgrade. And so I want you to think about that. So for example, if I got an autoresponder, it says, as it turns out, I will be traveling with my family over Christmas break. We will be returning on the 1st of, of January, at which time we'll be responding to my email. But folks, take the word unfortunately out of your vocabulary and replace it with as it turns out. Okay, the next one, uh, we hear this a lot. So in our business, in real estate, 
Um, we tend to work a lot of hours. And unfortunately, we do not run a process and we do not run a schedule. We allow our clients to run our schedule. You know, the last time I went to go make an appointment with my doctor, uh, my doctor does not say when I'm on the phone scheduling an appointment, well, what works for you? They don't say that. They never say when is a good time for you. What they say is we have some openings next week and the week after which one of those would work for you, but it's their schedule. So instead of saying, when is a good time for you? I want you to say this, does this time work for you and run it, uh, run the options off of your schedule for your clients. And you will be surprised that 99% of your clients, guess what they're going to do? They're going to pick one of those options. You know, I had some of the other day, I was on a coaching call and they said to me, they said, well, I'm just getting tired of working late at night. And I said, well, why are you working late at night? And they said, well, that seems to be the only time my clients can meet with me. And I said, oh, so are you saying when is a good time for you? And they're saying, well, 7 p.m. works best for us. Yes. Stop saying that. Instead say, does two or four next Thursday work for you? And you'll be amazed at how they will shift their schedule and they will pick one of those dates. So that's a big one. Okay, the next one is a really fun one for me and is the word, uh, and this is the when we say this to people. So if you have young kids, this might happen. If you have significant other, let's say you're leaving the house in the morning and your child is still in the house and they've you've made a lunch for your child to take with them to school. And you say on your way out the door, don't forget your lunch. You just told them to forget their lunch because our non-conscious brain does not hear the word don't. It just hears forget. Instead of saying don't forget, I would love for you to say Please remember, please remember. Will you please remember to take your lunch? Will you please remember to lock the door? Will you please remember to bring the car keys, right? Use the word, please remember. It's a big one. Okay, the next one. Have you ever uh, been talking to somebody and you're thinking about seeing them again and you say, well, I hope I see you next week or I hope you're doing well. Hope is not a bad word. We all need hope. But problem is this, hope is not definitive. Hope is throwing it to the wind, but it might happen, it might not. So instead of saying, I hope, what I want you to replace that word with is, I trust. I trust I will see you next week. I trust you are doing well. It's just, it's really cements that meaning and that feeling of what you're trying to say, okay? The next one, this happens a lot, is we say, uh, we say, I can't. Well, here, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. Instead of saying, I can't, here's how I want you to replace the word, I can't. Here is what I can do. Can you meet with us tomorrow afternoon? Well, here is what I can do. Tomorrow afternoon is difficult, but what I can do is I can meet you Wednesday morning. Would that work for you? So stop saying, I can't, because it immediately makes puts people in more of a, uh, a defensive mode, and here is what I can do. Um, how about this one? Just people say you're wrong, right? We hear that all the time. You're wrong. Instead of saying you're wrong, uh, say you're right to believe that. And I'm sorry, we don't agree. <laughs> you're right to believe that. And I'm sorry, we don't agree because it is their right. If, if they, if, if they're saying something that you don't agree with, it doesn't mean that they're wrong. It just means that they have a different opinion or perspective than you do. And you can say you're right to your right to have that opinion. And I'm sorry that we don't agree, which is true, right? I wish we would agree. Or maybe we can figure out how to meet and get a common ground. 
But these are just different ways of, of using words and communicating more effectively uh, with people around you. And so think about that. So hopefully these were helpful. Hopefully these gave you some ideas on maybe uh, words that you're using uh, that maybe you want to change uh, the words you use. And by the way, um, some of this stuff comes directly out of a book that I, lo I love, which is uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Um, he's a hostage negotiator, and he just talks about the power of what we say and how we say it and how we can diffuse defensiveness, how we can change the way people perceive us, and how we can have more of a professional way of communicating with our clients. So anyways, I want to thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you found this helpful. Again, you know, we love to push these podcasts out to make sure that we are doing the best we can for you and giving you good information. We did take a little hiatus over the, over the December month, uh, but we're back uh, in full force and we'll be putting these out on a regular basis. If there's content that you want to hear or something that you have a question about, will you please email me at fanning at And I'd be happy to investigate it further and uh, get good information out there for all of you because we want to make sure these podcasts are creating value on a regular basis. And we always end these like we always do by saying, be awesome and help somebody, make it a great day. And thank you so much for listening. Well, we want to thank you for listening to our Windermere Coaching Minute. We hope you found this content helpful. If you did, please feel free to share it and give us a rating. And we'll always end our podcast by saying, be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day.